Hi, welcome to the Soul Journer Podcast, where you get to reclaim your confidence and clarity holistically through the many facets that make you, you. Let's create the life our souls have been craving. I'm your host, Amberly Ann Drake. Let's journey on. Hello, hello, Sojourner listeners. I am so excited to have Samantha Pop here with me today. She is amazing, beautiful, wonderful, and I'm so thrilled to introduce her. Samantha, how did you get to be here? Um, Tell us a little bit about your journey and what you're up to. Hi, Amber. Thank you so much for letting me be on your podcast. This is such an honor, and thank you. So I am a life coach that specializes in mindset and nutrition. I empower the struggling emotional eater to enjoy food freedom and live the life that they're hungry for. And I really got into this because I struggled with my own disordered eating as like a preteen and had to struggle through figuring out how to overcome that myself. And within the past couple of years, I've been trying to figure out like what my what my life plan is and like what my meaning is in life. And I slowly figured out that I needed to help people with their disordered eating. And it was just something that was lacking in our health services and people don't know where to get help. So this was something that was really heavy on my heart to help people with. I love that because you, you brought into view the fact that it's not so common for us to raise our, like, we have anxiety. Like it's kind of easier for us to raise our hands. Like I have anxiety and like, I need help. Um, but for you to say, I have like borderline anorexia. I'm not really sure what to do with that. Like it's very different. Um, as opposed to having like full blown, you're really, really sick skeletal anorexia that has gone so far that it's obvious that you need to get help because I struggled with disordered eating in, um, early college and it wasn't deadly. I hadn't gotten that far yet, but it was also like, I don't know how to ask for help for this. I don't really understand how to like express that this obviously isn't right. And so I love that you're bringing that just into view for people. And then also just being an advocate for women who may be bordering on unhealthy habits that can cost them long-term. Yeah, thank you. And that's also the thing is some people are like, oh, it's either like anorexia or bulimia and that's an eating disorder. And that's actually not true. There are so many different kinds of eating disorders. Mm -hmm. And that's what people don't know about is like, I didn't even know that I had an eating disorder. It wasn't set like just one. I wasn't just like binge eating disorder. I wasn't bulimia. Like I was a mix of a couple And that's the thing is like, I didn't even know that. I didn't know what eating disorder was when I was a preteen and a teenager. And it wasn't until I became an adult and I did research and I'm like, oh, that is so fascinating that I'm not just in one eating disorder. It's, it's a mix and not saying that other people can't just be one, but it's interesting that we can be a mix of different eating disorders and not even know it because the education just isn't there. And no one talks about eating disorders even in high school, like we never talked about it. And I think that we should because it can be so life-threatening and it can cause so many different health problems. 
health problems and then happiness problems. I mean, when we go down for me, it was a very like, almost like a, like an obsession. It had become this like obsessive thing and it was stealing from every other aspect of my life. And that was stealing from everyone else around me. That is something that is very common I found in myself and other people that have struggled with an eating disorder is we obsess over certain things. So whether it's over exercising and we just go to the gym for five hours a day or we restrict our diet to a T and it's like, I'm not allowed to have cookies. I'm not allowed to have this and that. And you just obsess over it and you you really can't be happy when you do that because you're taking away all the pleasure in your life and trying to get to this certain body that you desire. And when we restrict and, and obsess over that to try and get this body, it's really not meant for us if we have to try so hard to get this body. And I learned that my own experience that I was trying to lose all this weight. And when I started eating normally again, then I would lose the body that I'd worked so hard for, but it just wasn't the body I was meant to have because if I have to force myself to do certain things to have that body, it's just not worth it. Yeah. I love that you said that. And like on the flip side, I mean, I, I think that everybody is perfect exactly like as they are. And there may be, it may have nothing to do with food or exercise that our bodies are holding on to fat. We live in a society of over chemicalized over like our endocrine systems are so sick. And, um, that plays a part. Um, I also come from a gut health background. And so seeing that in people, like it affects absolutely everything, what we eat, but also like what we've been putting on our skin since we were born, the water we bathe and drink. And like, so like you're saying, like, it's just not meant for me. And we, we think that if we exercise enough and eat the right foods that it'll just magically happen. And sometimes there's either more underneath like hormone or mineral stuff going on. Or like you said, it's literally just not meant for you. And so like, why are we struggling so hard? If you're healthy, obviously if you're not healthy, then there's something to be done there. But if you're healthy and you have a little fat on your body, like if you can learn to love yourself in that, you can enjoy your life more as opposed to, like you said, like I'm just working so hard to make this happen and that's all I can focus on. Yeah. And that's something that a lot of people I know have struggled with, whether it's men or women, they are made to believe that we're supposed to have this certain figure by like social media and society. And they're like, Oh, I can't love myself until I lose 15 pounds or like, I'm not worthy until I lose this weight. And it's like, you know what, everyone's made the way that they are, like we're made to be like the way that our body frame is, and we should accept and love that and embrace it. Absolutely. And, and like I said, I mean, if you're at an unhealthy weight, then like doing something for that uh, makes sense. But if you're obsessing over it, and that's when you get into the disordered eating and the body dysmorphia and all of that stuff, because you're right. Like we're, we're told at such a young age that we have to be a certain way, you know, like five-year-olds shouldn't understand what calories are like five, like little kids shouldn't be like assessing their bodies in the mirror. Um, and yet 
I've definitely seen it. And it's, I know that at a young age, I had friends who were all like, I didn't really, I wasn't really tuned into it until a little later in life, but like I had friends at like 10 who were obsessing over their image. And when we begin to obsess over our image, as opposed to learning to love ourselves, that just, as we grow up, we, I mean, we just, we lose so much time in being like concerned about our figure and what we look like when it's really more about what we are, right? Definitely. And our inner critic or that inner voice that we hear in our head all the time doesn't help us. It is pretty fine-tuned to tell us negative shit all the time. Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on here. <laughs> I get that all the time. It's fine. I, I'm here for it. Like, whatever comes up, I'm good. I'm totally good with. <laughs> um. It just tells us all this negative shit all the time and it's like, oh, well, like if you eat this, it's going to go straight to your ass or you, you're not allowed to eat this. You're not worthy of enjoying anything. And that also takes away pleasure in our life because it just shows that we're, our own body turns on us and it's like, oh, well, I'm not supposed to have this because my, my inner thoughts tell me. And it's like, whoa, just wait a second. Did you know that the inner voice in your head isn't actually you talking to yourself? It's just this voice in our brain and it's not you. It's something else and it's just made to make you question yourself all the time and tell you negative stuff to make you feel bad about yourself. And we really need to shift that. And if you can't get rid of it, we need to learn how to almost ignore it and then create our own positive thinking and recite positive affirmations to cancel those out and to build empowerment within ourselves and create that happiness and pleasure in our life. I love that you said cancel that out because I know that a while back I read something somewhere um, that for every negative thing that you, every negative like backhanded compliment you get from your cousin or like whatever, like every negative thing that you hear, you need to hear five positive things to undo it. And so I know that I personally struggled with that inner critic, like subconscious brain, like niggling away at me. And I, I sometimes I, I go back and forth on it, but I kind of subscribe to the belief that it really is just your subconscious brain trying to keep you safe. Like it's like this backhanded, like, well, like you shouldn't eat that because it's going to make, it's like an overbearing mother. <laughs> like you shouldn't eat that because it's going to make you fat. Like, and it's like, okay, wait, is that really what I want to believe about this whole situation? And it's trying to keep you safe. So it's like, okay, if I warn her, like she'll at least she'll know. And then like, whatever. But then I also think that sometimes you're right. It's just like just conditioning that comes up and thoughts that like either I think other people around us have had or, and are having. And then like what we're subscribed to in like the T like on the TV and like through me social media and all of that, that it's like, the brain just kind of comes up with crap time, <laughs> making you not feel good. Like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I totally agree that it can be like an overbearing mother. And sometimes that can maybe come from like our motherly or fatherly figures in our life. And that kind of like mirrors their thoughts or mm -hmm. comments that they've made. And then it creates it in your own head. And yes, I do believe our brain likes to, 
protect us to a point. And that's why growing and getting out of our comfort zone is so hard for people because they're just like, oh, well, if I, if I stay in my bubble, if I stay in what I'm doing, then I feel okay. I feel safe. But then it's like, okay, well, like, are you happy where you are? Because if you're not, we need to change something. And if you're scared of change, then you're not going to be able to grow and to empower yourself and accept yourself in the future. And is that what you really want? Because I feel like you don't, like, I feel like you really want to overcome this. But if you are not willing to get out of your comfort zone and challenge those and be uncomfortable, then like, it's really sad that some people are like so scared to get out of their comfort zone. I 100% agree. Um, I know that I'm the kind of person that like raises my hand for getting out of my comfort zone all of the time. And I forget sometimes that people are naturally, are going to be naturally predisposed to stay safe, stay in their comfort zone. And when we're talking about being safe, it's like, what is the point of a life that's safe if you never love the life that you live? Like, what's the point of a life that's safe if it's all like inside of this bubble and you never like explore or express or like grow and because it's fear of the unknown, right? Like it's fear of like, if I start this journey, what's going to happen. And just going back to the inner critic, like when we subscribe to that voice in our head, it's always going to keep us in our comfort zone. It's always going to keep us inside of our bubble, whether we feel good there or not. That is right. I totally agree with that. And some people, it's not that they don't want to challenge it, but maybe they don't know how to. And that's another thing that I struggled with. And I know that a lot of my clients and other people that I know have struggled with, they're like, oh, like I have all these negative thoughts, but I don't know what to do about them. Mm -hmm. And I love using positive affirmations. I find that those are so helpful, whether it's challenging our inner critic or just to help bring up our own vibe if we're having a bad day, or even if we just want to boost our, our ego a little bit or just feel better. And we can really use it in any situation and positive affirmations are so powerful. I also, um, I just heard this trick the other day from Victoria Welsh. She told me that, and I don't know where she got it from, so it's way down the line now, but um, that when negative, it's very difficult to take a negative and make it positive. We have to first neutralize it in the brain so that it has little to no emotion attached to it. Because when we start getting negative, right, we go down this like spiral and then it starts to become an emotional like feeling that we get as opposed to just a thought anymore. The thoughts typically are triggered by an emotion starting to come up or the thoughts then trigger an emotion in our bodies. And if we're able to like neutralize it, then we can easily take it to a positive. We can choose where it goes. Um, And she said that when negative self-talk starts to come up to then add to it. And I love it. This cookie is going to make me fat and I love it (laughs) because like it kind of, you kind of almost can't say it without it kind of not becoming a feeling anymore or like, Oh, you're such a stupid head. And I love it. Like, and it kind of neutralizes it. I loved that trick. I hadn't, and I love it. I had never, I'd never heard it before. And, um, I think that's one thing that 
I love about affirmations is turning something that we're struggling with into a positive, but it can be really hard for our brains to like overcome that. Um, like I, I recently talked about how my story with affirmations started with me, like standing in the mirror and being like, I am healthy, wealthy, and wise. Like I am like all of these great things. And my brain was like, <laughs> girl, <laughs> we know. We know. Don't you worry. We know what's really going on in there. And we get this like BS filter. And so how do we start to quell the inner critic and like neutralize, get back to zero with our like negative BS self-talk without triggering that like radar in our brain or without it being a super struggle? Because the other thing is, is that I've seen with people is that when they start with positive affirmations, if it takes too long for them to start to believe it or feel something positive from it, they stop. And of course it takes time and like all of that, but like the quicker we can get to that like positive flow and vibe, then the easier it is to stick with it. So I love what you said about that lady that created her own way of like kind of canceling that out. And I do something similar. Um, Love her idea though. That's awesome. Mine is more like if you hear a negative thought from your inner critic, it's more just like shutting that down immediately. And it's like, Hey, you know what? Like, that's not my truth or like, that's not true or it's like whatever eat me <laughs> I <have> these- <laughs> yeah. yes. and it's just like shut up like that's not what I think about myself that's not true and that's another way to challenge it either either doing that and shutting it down or just kind of coming back with a positive affirmation it's like if it's like oh you know what like I'm really stupid and I come back and it's like you know what like I am so smart I have gone to university and I I have learned much, not even with my degree, but in other courses I've taken and life experiences, I am so smart. So that is not true. And there are a couple different ways to do that. And it really depends on the person, but I find that even challenging our inner critic to tell them to shut up is great because if someone was telling you something in person, you're more likely to be like, okay, like go away or shut up. Like you don't know my story. You don't know my truth. You don't walk every day in my shoes. You don't have an, you can't have an opinion on my life. I love that you brought up another person. Cause like, I feel like we don't think about this, but the way that we talk to ourselves is so insanely toxic. Like if you were to be your best friend and the way you talk to yourself now with your negative self-critic, like how long would you be best friends with that kind of person? Like, you're not going to stick around for that. Like, I'm not going to stick anyway. around to hear that I'm awful and that I'm fat and that I have cellulite on my thighs every two seconds. Like, it's like, I wouldn't stay for that. And then also, like, would any of your friends want to hang out with you if that's how you talk to them? Like, I, I, I don't think I'd have any friends if I talked to myself the way I used to. And it's interesting because it's it's almost like, I know that in high school, this was kind of a big thing because Facebook had just started getting popular. And it was like the way that you talk to someone behind a computer screen matters because you could just fire something off and like people didn't know who you were or like whatever. And you could just say something. And it's super similar here where it's like, you can't, you can't just talk to someone with your negative self voice all the time and expect them to hang out for that. Definitely. And that's the thing is, 
you, that was a great point that you brought up that if you had a friend like that and they were constantly telling you all this stuff, oh, you wouldn't keep them as your friend very long. Or if you did that to other people, they wouldn't stick around if you were telling them negative stuff about themselves all the time. And, and we need to really switch that because it's like, imagine that you're your own best friend. And if someone was talking shit about your friend, you'd be like, whoa, whoa, no, you're not going to talk about them like that. They are smart, they are beautiful, they're wonderful, and they are worthy. And we should really talk to ourselves like that. Because if our best friend wouldn't let someone else talk to ourselves like or talk to you like that, then why are we letting ourselves do that? Yeah. And so in order to like quell the critic, we need to to like neutralize, like you said, either with throwing love on the fire or like I like that you brought it into like a real relationship. If your best friend has some bro talking crap to her, you'd be like, Hey, Oh, <laughs> hold up now. Yeah. <laughs> you need a sore spot. Cause I can give you one, but how do we learn to, because I, for me, I struggled with actually catching the thoughts because what would happen is I'd have the thoughts and they'd be going on in my brain and they'd be going on in my brain. And all of a sudden I'd be on this negative downward spiral, like crawled up in bed and I didn't realize how I got there. So how do we start to sieve and like search for those thoughts that are holding us back? Sometimes it comes up in certain situations. So during maybe certain times of the year or if someone brings, right. (laughs) (laughs) Or if people like bring something to your place of work and it's like a box of cookies and then you grab one and your inner critic is like, Hey, don't eat that. It's going to go straight to your ass. And it could be during certain like events or situations that you might find that afterwards you feel worse about yourself and, and whatnot, or just bringing more awareness to our everyday life as well. Because we, it's easy to just kind of go through the patterns and go through our life without really being mindful about anything. So just bringing that awareness and being like, hey, like today I'm going to be more mindful about my thoughts and repeating that to ourselves so that when something comes up and we're it's easier to notice then if we bring awareness to ourselves and make that a conscious thought first. Okay. I'm going to be more aware of what I'm going to, or of what my inner voice is telling me today when I'm working or when I'm eating or when I'm exercising or hanging out with friends, I'm going to be listening and trying to notice if my inner critic is speaking up or if it's not there. Yeah. I love that. Um, I'm going to butcher the quote. But Baron Baptiste in his book, Journey into Power, um, writes that we have a certain amount of thoughts. Hashtag, sorry, Baron. 60,000 thoughts a day or something ridiculous. 600,000 thoughts a day. And only 10% of them are new. However many thoughts we have. I'll put it in the show notes. (laughs) I'll put the actual quote in the show notes. And only 10% of them are new. And so 90% of them are this inner critic autopilot, just brain talking to us all day long. And only 10% of those thoughts are new. And it may be like, okay, today is Saturday, December 7th, 2019. Like that's a new thought. Like, And it's nothing important. And so when we don't 
pay attention or we're not mindful to what the like 90% of our thought process is and pull that out into the conscious mind, we miss a lot. I think we miss so much. I know that I was, I was missing out on catching all kinds of stuff. And I would end up at the end of the day feeling like junk about myself, mad at my husband for no reason. And like living this life that I really, really didn't enjoy. Yeah. So I, I definitely agree with that. The 90% of our thoughts are like reoccurring and they just kind of come up all the time. So we do have to bring awareness to that and see how it's affecting everything. Because if your inner critic is telling you, oh, like you're fat, you're fat, you're fat all the time, then you're going to believe that. And then it's going to change how you feel about yourself and it's going to be a pleasure in your life without you even knowing it. Sometimes, like you said, you didn't notice that you were getting affected by certain comments and I, I've struggled with that too. And then I was, I just got tired one day. I'm like, Hey, like, why do I feel so crappy? Like what's going on in my head? And then after that, just bringing awareness and I was like, Oh, like this is why I feel so crappy about myself. Cause this inner critic is telling me, Oh, you're fat. You need to lose weight or you shouldn't eat. That's going to go straight to your ass. Your ass is big enough. And I'm like, okay, I like my butt. I think it's bumpy. <laughs> And if I fall on my butt, I don't break my ass. You're like, I'm here for this. Okay. (laughs) I, so I love that. Like we've basically boiled this entire thing down. Like it's this big old complicated self-love, self-care, inner critic, like how to do like affirmations. And basically it really just all comes down to, um, in, to being mindful like to being present to what we're thinking and what we're doing and how we're reacting to those things. Because realistically we're, we're only, um, we're only as good as our reactions to the thoughts that we're having. Our life is basically the sum total of our reactions. (laughs) Like, however we take that. And if we, if we're able to, like you said, put yourself in a position where you know that something like negative is going to happen. It's like, don't put yourself in that position. So being aware is the key to basically everything. (laughs) Yes. So being aware and being more mindful about certain situations that might trigger us because Mm -hmm. I know for quite a few people that struggle with like disordered eating special holidays like Thanksgiving and Christmas, like those are super triggering for them because there's so much food and depending on what their disordered eating is, there's just so much available food and they don't know what to do. And then they either binge or they do their normal thing and they're like, okay, like, I don't know what to do. And they really struggle with trying to figure out the next step. And it could just be as simple as, limiting their time or just being like you know what like it's as much as I'm not okay with like lying it's okay to create like a white line be like you know what like I just either I'm not feeling good or I don't want to or I have other plans to avoid a situation that you know is going to trigger you it might hurt other people's feelings but you're protecting your own peace and you're protecting your own recovery and I think that's really important Yeah. And there is no, um, there should be 
And if you're hearing this, especially going into the holidays, there is no shame around having boundaries <laughs> with our family, with our food, with the people in our lives. Um, you know, when we have people over and they like want to bring crap over, it's like, I'm sorry, but like, we're not having that with dinner. To, like, it's like, leave it in the car. Like we don't need 17 pies. <laughs> Can we please stop? Um, and so there is no shame around having boundaries. I like you called it a little white lie. I'm sorry, but when it comes to family, like you can full on straight up lie. You're like, I broke my toe and I'm taking a bath. So like, I'm not, <laughs> not coming, but we also do love our families and what can we do to be prepared to go into a situation that we know is going to trigger us? I mean, Thanksgiving dinner, that's like one day of the, the year, but then like Christmas starts right after Thanksgiving, right? And then we have 18 Christmas parties. And you're eventually going to have to go to one. Like at some point, like that you're going to have to do it unless you want to completely hermit, which I, I do not recommend. So <laughs> having boundaries is a huge thing. And that is probably one of like the best steps or the next step that someone can have if they're struggling with going to big events like that and they're struggling with their disordered eating whether it's for like Christmas or just just some anniversary event or whatever that could just come up randomly and just setting those boundaries for themselves. And it's like, you know what, like I'm going to show up, maybe I'm only going to show up for 10 minutes if I can't handle being here and I'm going to be triggered and like I want to stuff my face and binge, then I'm only going to stay around for 10 minutes and I'm going to leave and I'm going to take myself out of that situation. Or they can have like, a five or four step exercise that they do when they're feeling overwhelmed and they can like just go to the bathroom and do their little exercise to help them bring down their anxiety and to just help them kind of cope with those feelings that they're overwhelmed with. And that's another way that they can deal with that. Well, and I love it because basically we have really boiled this entire thing down to being mindful, knowing what your triggers are, knowing where you're going to be triggered so that you can be mindful going into the situation basically. Um, and then to be mindful, to be catching those thoughts that come up that we don't need in our lives. Anyways, the world is negative enough as it is <laughs> like you do not need. I looked it up to it's 60,000 thoughts, 60,000 thoughts a day. Like they do not need to all be negative crappy thoughts. Um, you deserve better. And I will add the people in your life deserve better because um, like we're what the five people that we spend the most time with, you are one of somebody's five. And so the way that you talk to yourself that like, whether you say it out loud or not, that exudes like in your energy and like that when we can truly tap into flipping our self critic off and learning to love ourselves, that shows up everywhere else in our family life and our, you know, with our partner. And, um, I think that the best way to elevate the entire world is to just start with elevating ourselves. Yeah. And with elevating ourselves, we transition slowly into our higher self. And yeah. with that, then you have to think, okay, well, what does my higher self do? Like, how does she act? How does she think? How does she spend her time? And then when you start doing those things, you become your higher self and people don't think it's that easy, but it is. It's so easy. You just have to figure that out and then start doing all those things. 
I love that you said it is that easy because you have to figure out that you can let it be easy and it doesn't have to be this big, huge, massive struggle that we make it. Um, like if I'm not working hard on myself, then like nothing's happening. But those little tiny steps are the ones that over the course of our lifetime leave our legacy. Mm-hmm. Definitely agree with that. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have to be, um, shoot. And I don't remember who wrote it. I, Caitlin Dower. I was just reading her post this morning about her move program. And she said all or something we go all or nothing, right? Like we're like, I am all in or not at all. And mm-hmm. she says to go all or something. So like, if I don't, like whatever, make it to the gym today, or I don't do my affirmations today. It's like, oh, I didn't do it as opposed to doing something to take a step towards our goals. Um, so I loved that. Like you said, like it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It can be all or something like just take one mindful step towards quelling your self-critic or becoming the woman that you want to be today. And over time that turns into you living an amazing life. Yeah. Inserting with like one thing at a time, then it's going to become a habit and then it's going to become ingrained in your soul and you don't have to remind yourself to do it all the time. Then you can start adding other things that your higher self would do. And then you're going to slowly get there faster once you create these like healthier habits. And when I say healthy, it's not always about eating also with our head. So if we're going to be like reciting positive affirmations, that's a healthy habit for us to create within ourselves and within our practice every day to transform into our higher self. Yeah. I love that. So Samantha, where can we find you on the internet? What are you up to? Do you have anything amazing coming up? Just shamelessly promote yourself. I want to hear everything. (laughs) Okay. Um, you can find me on Facebook. I have a free Facebook community called finding food freedom, live the life you're hungry for. And it is just a great space to support other people that are wanting to better themselves and overcome their own disordered or emotional eating. And I do free coaching Saturdays every week right now. I just finished a training and in the new be doing free training. So look out for that. I'm also on Instagram and Instagram stories all the time talking about either my uh, one-on-one VIP coaching program, which I have a couple spots free now. So I am accepting a couple of new applicants for my VIP coaching program. And I'm also creating some other things here for the new year. And I'm so excited for them but I won't be sharing them until the new year because I'm still working on them with my business coach. Awesome. I love, love, love it. Um, fingers crossed between you and me, this is all going to be heading towards YouTube here soon. So hopefully, hopefully like coincide perfectly with like what you're launching and everything. So keep an eye out. Um, And lastly, do you have an affirmation for us to quell the inner critic, self-love, anything that spurred from what we talked about today so far? Ooh, okay. So positive affirmation. 
this is just on the fly, so it's going to be a little rough. But it's okay, we can we can <laughs> massage it around until it's. But in response to maybe a negative from our inner critic, saying something like, "Hmm, oh, I'm on the spot here, but I love it. it makes my brain think." <laughs> I believe my higher self is guiding me into the woman I'm supposed to be. Okay. I like it. Now, can you just give that to us like powerfully, like you would say it to your inner critic? What is your affirmation? I choose to believe my higher self is leading me to be the incredible woman that I am meant to be. Again, for the people in the back. <laughs> I choose to believe the, uh, my higher self is leading me to become the incredible woman I am meant to be. Woo! Soldier and our sisters, add that one to your affirmation list. I love it. That's amazing. Um, thank you so much for sharing just your magic and your heart with us in this journey that we're all on together. And I love it. I love it. Love it. All of this, all of Samantha's links are going to be in the show notes. So go find her, follow her, check her out. She's awesome. Do you have any last little nuggets of wisdom for us before we head out? Nuggets of wisdom. Hmm. Honestly, just working on yourself is the best decision you can ever make the moment that I chose to work on myself and to accept who I am is probably the best decision I've ever made in my life and choose and choosing myself when people didn't believe in me and to take that and turn it into empowerment is definitely the best thing I've ever done. Oh no, no, I have feelings. <laughs> that was <laughs> like, I don't know what happened, but thank you for sharing that because Basically, yeah, we can, we can end right there. Mic drop on Samantha. Thank you. Like, that was beautiful. I'm kind of all hung up on all of the feelings I just had. That was beautiful. Thank you so much for being with us. Soldier and her sisters, um, just go find Samantha. She's amazing. And we'll talk to you later. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. <laughs>